Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Pacific rugby players get a heads up on the professional game. The PNG Hunters coach accuses his players of slacking off. And we speak to Team PNG ahead of the Commonwealth Games. But first, the Cook Islands have been handed a Rugby World Cup reprieve after an investigation overturned their qualifying defeat by Tahiti last year. The French Territory won the Oceania Cup clash in Rarotonga back in August, but following a complaint from the Cook Islands Rugby Union, an independent judicial officer ruled Tahiti fielded two ineligible players in the match and ordered the result to be reversed. The new president of the Cook Islands Rugby Union, Sean Smith, played in the match at Tighthead Prop. He was only elected the day before World Rugby's ruling was announced and admitted the decision was still sinking in. Yeah, I would have liked to have won the, won the actual game, but um, but yeah, no, this has happened, so we're going to press on with that, and obviously happy because it's um, provided a massive opportunity for, for our national side and for rugby in the Cook Islands, and yeah, meeting tomorrow, going to be questions and options and, and whatnot to discuss, so we'll be um, we'll be addressing those um, immediately, and then uh, yeah, no, there's going to be a fair bit of deliberation and, uh, and sort of planning for these tests in June and July. The former Cook Islands Rugby Union President Moana Moika'a helped lodge the original complaint. We got some information before before the game that these guys weren't eligible. So, um, yeah, we, we put the complaint in. I think we had to put a complaint in. You know, there were complaints. I think they had to be put in uh, within 48 hours of the match. So we put an initial complaint in and then um, sort of followed it up. They asked us for submissions, and we put in our submissions. I think it was the end of oh, uh, middle of September or something like that. Did but you expect yeah, something would come out of it? Were you optimistic? Funnily enough, I, you know, my my own my own personal view, I wasn't very optimistic. Um, but it wasn't until this thing sort of dragged on into about November or December that I sort of thought, um, I think these guys are really thinking hard about it. You know. Yeah, as it sort of dragged on a bit, I started to think, um, oh, I think uh, we might have a we might have a case here. Last month, uh, February, that we you know followed it up again with them and with uh, World Rugby, and uh, they told us that uh, they said, Dude, you know, with the qualifiers sort of uh, starting in late June, they would definitely have a uh, an outcome by by well in March. So, uh, yeah, it uh, came out uh, the day after I got deposed, I guess. You know, now that it's come yeah. back in your favour, uh, what, what, what are your feelings? I mean, obviously they're ineligible, so so that's a fact. But, um, you know, to win this way is never ideal. You did lose on the day. Is there, is there a bittersweet feeling? Do you feel guilty to go through? Or do you feel like, uh, do you feel like you've earned this position based on, obviously, them having those ineligible well, players? You know, no, nobody loves um, winning on the table, you know. Um, but uh, I guess... Uh, you know the rules are the rules, and if uh, this sort of thing happens uh, all the time, it happens at the highest level, whether it be Olympic level, um, where people get stripped of their medals, or 
or, or results are overturned. It's just, I guess, it's it's just happened in our case. You no, know, it's all it's happened in our favour. So and, yeah, yeah, there's, there's that bit of sweet. I mean, uh, you know, one on one side, yes, we're you know we're I guess we're happy about it, but uh, I guess the real challenge now, or the real battle now, is you know for us, for you know for the cooks to to actually uh, sort of get a team together for you know for these uh, for these qualifiers in uh, late June, uh, early July. That's the uh, real battle. And I, I saw something in some of the Tahiti press that they. They were planning to appeal that, so is that, I guess that's still a possibility, I, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, are, I, I believe there are provisions to to appeal. Yeah. But um, just, I mean, I'm, I've I've read the judgment and and um, I, I think it's a, a pretty uh, uh, what sort of uh, oh, uh, just trying to think of the words, but being uh, pretty conclusive to me. Moana Moikaa. The Cook Islands will now play a home-and-away playoff against the winner of the upcoming Asia Rugby Championship between Hong Kong, South Korea and Malaysia. Professional contracts are already on the table for some of the rugby players that attended last week's Pacific Island Combine. The five-day training camp in Fiji comprised 30 under-23-year-olds from Fiji, Samoa and Tonga who played in the World Rugby Pacific Challenge. Pacific Rugby Players Chief Executive Officer Aidan Clark told Ben Robinson Drawbridge the Combine taught players how to deal with contracts, agents and life as an overseas-based professional. Well, it's about uh, opportunity to develop in an environment that's going to be conducive to them being professional rugby players for a long time. The public are aware that uh, these young, talented players head off over to overseas contract regardless. And what this process means is that they uh, have an opportunity to go to uh, a high-performance environment and and a um, a living environment that's going to help them try and get ahead, um, not only in their rugby career but their life. So you're exposing them to the kinds of things they'll be required from that will be required from clubs. Yeah, well, that's the high-performance team who are here together. From our perspective, it's about uh, we've got um, various education sessions trying to prepare them for what's to come regardless of whether their opportunity comes out of this week, the Combine, or uh, in the near future, uh, which is part of our overall personal development program anyhow. Uh, but uh, we're talking about the, the real reason um, that it's great that this is a partnership is that we can ensure that the player, when they go into uh, wherever their overseas contract might be, that they, um, that they have a soft landing, that they've got uh, personal development support on the ground, that their living situation is one that's um, going to be comfortable that there's other Pacific Island uh, mentors um, at that team or club um, that's basically they've got an opportunity if they're studying that they can continue that or or a work opportunity. So it's really putting some intensive work around them uh, that probably doesn't always happen in other situations where they just sign a contract, um, the first one that they get, and uh, and jump on a plane and head off. Tell me about what's happened in the past when players have done that without this kind of support. Yeah, at the moment we spend a lot of time and resource uh, supporting players who have done that and found themselves in a bit of a sticky situation. Very much the ambulance at the bottom of the hill. Uh, so oh, there's a long list of things that can happen in an environment when a player um, feels a bit isolated um, or will get injured, gets injured. Um, or it's just lacking their usual support that they'd have from their family. The Us as the Players Association uh, been a fair bit of time uh, working through that with clubs and also with agents. We have uh, young players who, 
do leave overseas on a promise that they got from a Facebook Messenger um, or a text uh, with nothing really solid around um, what's going to be happening once they arrive in, in, in a different part of the world. So um, that's a big concern for us. So this is an opportunity for us to um, try and prevent having to put in the intensive work a little bit later down the track. So are there clubs right now lining up and looking at, at some of these players? Are there contracts on the table? Yep, correct. There's some good ones too. Fantastic opportunities for the players. Um, and that's a, that's a process that we're um, beginning to uh, start working through now as they show interest and also the next uh, week or two will be critical for that. Um, and like I said, it's not just a financial decision for the player, it's a whole uh, raft of factors around whether it's going to be the opportunity that they should take or not. And our role as association is just to um, provide them with a unbiased uh, opinion on, on, on should, they, should they require it. And are you connecting them with agents as well? No, some of them already have agents. And, and that's, again, another piece of work that we're working on this year is, is around how the guys are conducting themselves with their relationships with agents and signing in with agents. Um, that's a big piece of work, big focus, because, uh, to be fair, it's, it's not one that's um, handled very well by a lot of young Pacific Island guys. And I suppose it's retaining their service and their interest in, in playing for their home union, their, their country. How much does that come into this week? Yeah, huge. So um, this is on the back of the Pacific Rugby Challenge, of which they play for Tonga A, Samoa, or Fiji A. So they're, they're captured in terms of being a national player. And so what this means is that if, if we get the opportunity right for the player, they'll, uh, like I think Peter commented, that they become uh, better national, you know, make the national team great players and then go on to play in World Cups. So um, those three uh, unions are, are aware that the, the players are heading overseas um, anyhow, what this whole combine and... Um, and pathway opportunity is about us trying to ensure that they take the right ones. That's the Pacific Rugby Players CEO, Aidan Clark. The coach of the Papua New Guinea Hunters rugby league team says players have dropped their standards and are still living off the memory of last year's championship success. The Hunters slumped to a second straight and trust Super Cup defeat at the weekend, beaten 24-10 away to Sunshine Coast Falcons in a replay of last year's grand final. Head coach Michael Maram says his players need to lift their standards. There was just a better side on the day. Uh, we didn't perform. You know, we, we went in for our first 10, 15 minutes. We were into the game until when they scored the first try and then we allowed uh, two other tries after that. So that just put us off. But they were taking revenge on us uh, uh, after the grand final uh, uh, loss uh, to them, yeah. Yeah, do you, I mean, obviously over the years you've developed a few rivalries in the uh, competition. Do you think following that grand final uh, match last year, has Sunshine Coast and the Hunters become, do you think that's made it even more of a rivalry between you two now that you've got that history of the final? Yeah, and no, I think, uh, yeah, no, we've we got a couple of other teams there that, uh, you know, we, uh, we'll be facing similar uh, year games against them. But we set our standards uh, really high last year with winning the uh, competition after. So, you know, every team uh, in the competition, you know, we can be called the decision to, uh, you know, come out and knock us off, yeah. So have you noticed a market difference now that you are the champions and everyone's, for lack of a better phrase, hunting you, of course? Um, have you noticed teams lifting even more so? Yeah, we've seen it, we spoke about it, we've seen the videos. I've been talking to the players since we started training in pre-season. So, you know, uh, you know, the new players that have come in, it's not a good way for them to start the competition or get into the game, but we've seen it all throughout there. Two years ago, the team really struggled away from home and you talked about how you changed up, you know, you arrived a bit earlier or you made sure you didn't catch a long bus ride to a game away from home, you'd bus back, but you'd make sure you fly there 
to the game. And, and last season, you had a lot of success away from home on the road. Uh, you've lost both matches away from home this year, and obviously you had that win at the start of the season at home. So um, uh, is it getting more challenging on the road? or? Yeah, no, our record last year, we won four. I only lost four away games. We won seven of those uh, games away, uh, which was just, it's, uh, it's, it's our record. Uh, yeah, no, we we, we don't we haven't changed anything we've done last year during away game. So uh, we just hope uh, you know the boys uh, yeah regroup and start you know getting together and playing well in the remaining uh, away games. Yeah, and you, and you're obviously back on home soil this weekend. Uh, you'd be looking forward to getting back in front of those home supporters. Do you think that will help? I had a good meeting with the players this uh, morning. So our focus now is just recovery. Uh, we know it's going to be tough against two dads. They've got a good record against us at home last year. And away too. So we lost two matches against them around round uh, 15 and round 26, I think. But with our home support, you know, we, we hope everyone's going to come in and support us and you know, make sure we get a two points back here So before we, we go back out again. Are you changing your approach any at all after a couple of losses? Or is it, you know, what, what, what do you think the team needs to do differently? We haven't changed anything. It's just a minor thing that, you know, the players have been slacking off on a few things there. Really, really small things that you know we've been emphasising a lot on doing uh, a precision and also just you know before leading up to all our games uh, already. So, but yeah, another place uh, they just need to fo- focus on the, the football this year. You know they're probably still thinking about the win last year and you know how good they were and you know it's a different game again this year. So everyone com- uh, comes in and you know wants to do well against us. So. Um, the likes of Adam Carave and uh, a couple of others weren't available at the weekend. Um, what, what's the injury update? Who's available? Anyone still out? Uh, yeah, no, Adam's uh, going to be back this weekend. Uh, he, he passed the uh, cock testing after the concussion down in uh, Kent, so hopefully he should be back. And again, he's one of those players that have got experience, but he needs to lead you know, everyone else and need to lift the game. Uh, Adam missed a season with us. He came, uh, went back, you know, it's a bit more stuff we need to uh, contribute to the team there. That's the PNG Hunters rugby league coach, Michael Maram. The chef demission of Papua New Guinea's Commonwealth Games team has expressed regret that the Pacific's fastest woman, Toya Whistle, will not race for PNG next month. Whistle was banned from the event on Australia's Gold Coast by her own Athletics Federation for misconduct. She was beaten into second place in the 200 metres at last year's mini-games in Vanuatu and did not attend the ceremony to accept the silver medal. PNG is sending 56 athletes to Australia and chef de mission Tamsin Wardley told Melvin Livongo it's been a difficult build-up. It's, it's been really challenging for the athletes to qualify for the Commonwealth Games this year. The rules changed um, and this is the first time that a quota system has been in place for the Commonwealth Games. Um, previously you were allowed to just send your best athletes across all the sports uh, but now each country has a, has a quota of athletes that they're um, allowed to take in individual sports. So the sports are actually competing against each other to, to get um, onto the team and then each team um, event has also had to had to qualify and go through a qualifying process over the last few months. So it's been very challenging for the athletes so all 56 of those athletes have really earned their place on the team and we wish them all the best. We're participating in, in 10 sports out of the 23 that are on the program. Um, we'll be there in athletics, boxing, Lawn bowls, rugby sevens, shooting, squash, swimming, table tennis, triathlon and weightlifting. How is the high, high performance program help our athletes prepare for big events like the, the Commonwealth Games? 
I think it's really, the whole program has really revolutionised um, training for sporting bodies um, here in PNG. Having that access to that high calibre level of not just the gymnasium facilities, um, but the strength and conditioning coaches um, and the ability to you know, know where somewhere to go and ask advice and, um, and be able to tap into that um, has really changed what the different sporting federations have been able to you know, add on and deliver for their athletes. Um, not all sports are using the High Performance Training Centre, um, but certainly the larger teams are, and you can really see the benefits that come through from that. I think one of the, the main items is that our athletes are a lot, a lot fitter and healthier, um, perhaps, than they used to be in lead-up to, um, to former games. Um, so hopefully, yes, the funding will continue for the High Performance um, Training Centre. Um, it's it's a, of huge benefit to our athletes, and it's absolutely vital that it does continue um, if we want to go from strengths to strength with these overseas competitions. Just last month, uh, Toya Weasel hasn't been named for the athletics team, and she's such a big name um, athlete to be to be off the team. Um, what's your stand on that, and what do you think about that? From your opinion, well, we were very sad to hear that she wasn't going to be part of our team. Obviously, she's a she's a major star in in PNG sports. Um, I've personally been watching her compete, you know, since she first started, and um, and she's a great member of the team. You know, she's um, she inspires the younger the younger athletes, and um, and wherever she goes, you know, she creates mm-hmm. a real real a sort of media storm mm-hmm. around her, particularly in the Pacific. So we were all very sad when she wasn't named as part of the part of the team. At the end, she made a mistake and she's, she's paid the price um, for that. And we just really hope she bounces back, you know, mm-hmm. faster and stronger from this. So, you know, sometimes a little bit of adversity is, mm-hmm. is, is a good thing in, in, in training and life. So um, I do hope we'll, we'll see her back. Um, we're going with 50-plus athletes and uh, we have two gold medalists to defend their titles. And um, what do you... What's the goal like? Like, what's the what's the goal for the whole team? For the whole team, the um, as I said before, our, our teams all come from sort of different um, levels of sport. Um, our weightlifters are certainly the most elite level athletes that we we have in our team. Many of our team will be going, you know, just looking for personal bests, trying to make it into the semi-finals and the finals, trying to be um, the best Oceania or Pacific athlete, you know, in in their field. So everyone's got different targets, but certainly our weightlifting squad. Yes, we've got two gold medal winners as part of a, a part of our squad with Stephen Carey and Dika Toa. Um, we've got three weightlifters um, that um, we certainly hope will be competing for medals at the um, at the Commonwealth Games. What colour those medals are mm-hmm. is up to, is up to them, and obviously their opposition mm-hmm. um, on the day. But we're we're very very hopeful that um, all three will be will be there on the podium at the at the end of the day. So that's Stephen Dika and, and Maria as well. Mm-hmm. That's the Team PNG shift mission for the Commonwealth Games, Thames and Wardley. And that's the World in Sport for this week. As always, thank you very much for listening. You can hear our program online at rnzi.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.